and welcome to the Company Watch On The Spot podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning. So we're recording today's episode on Monday, the 21st of March. Um, the topic for this week really is the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee, MPC, minutes, interest rate rise, and looking at some of the other economic data that has been published in the course of the last week, in particular unemployment and insolvency numbers. So Nick, shall we start with the, the MPC and the, the, the decision that I think everybody probably know, knows that they have raised the interest rate by 0.25%. To 075 0.75%, yes, indeed, sorry. <laughs> with an 8 to 1 vote with um, John Cunliffe um, wanting to stay at 0.5%, um, uh, which maybe he's in our camp of... Uh, what the heck do you think interest rates are going to do in the current situation where inflation is being driven by things like the Ukraine war? But hey-ho. And they um, didn't acknowledge that, I think, in the reports. They do acknowledge that actually there's only a limit. And as we've, I think we said last time, there's only a limit to what interest rates actually can do to impact what's going on at the moment, because this, this is really being driven by the, the situation in, in Ukraine and, and bigger global forces. Yeah. So I, I, I thought I'd start with just taking us um, all back to the pre-Ukrainian war, uh, Ukraine war base assumptions, which is really going back to the February, to the to the MPC um, February uh, comments, mm-hmm. which was that unemployment would reach 5% by 2025. CPI inflation would peak at 7.25% next month, mm-hmm. April 22. And that GDP would slow to subdued rates in 2022 because of the impact of energy costs. Bear in mind, pre-Ukraine. Yep, yep. So, um, and and remember, CPI was 5.4% in December 2021 and 5.5% in January. But GDP was much better in January. It was plus 0.8%, which put the economy 0.5% above pre-pandemic, which is Q4 2019. Yes. Now, what have we got? What have we got now? Um, Apart from the prevailing flavour about the whole thing of, frankly, they don't have a clue. (laughs) And to be honest with you, who can have Who can blame them? Yeah. Who can blame them? You know, um, we... Um, listeners will will know that we have moments of um, of, of, of doubt about um, about the Bank of England, but nonetheless, this is you know, which economic forecaster could possibly know what's going to happen. But what they are now saying is that the impact of the war is that CPI will hit eight percent in uh, Q two twenty twenty two. And they don't, they're not narrower than that because before it was April and we now know it's somewhere in Q2, so somewhere between it's April and, and, and June. And, yeah. and, and, and I put quote marks here, um, here because this comes straight from the MPC report, perhaps higher later in the year because you picked up something, Joe. Yes, it's interesting. So later in the report, so, so again, they're talking really energy prices as being this, this kind of driver of this. And they say that um, if the off-gem price caps go up in October 2022, then that could push the inflation up to higher than 8%. And then they also kind of point to the fact that at the moment, they think that the rise in October 22 to energy prices and that cap could be 35% 
I mean, which is astonishing. If you think we I think it's 54% in April, the increase, and then another thing, I mean, we use unprecedented a lot, but that that does seem to be quite extraordinary, doesn't it? Well, it, well, it, well, it does, and 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 so you know, as far as the banking is concerned, eight percent is sort of the benchmark, with some flexibility above, um, and and just by way of comparison, um, the CPI measure in uh, the states in February twenty twenty two was. 7.9%. So, <clears throat> and euro area HICP inflation was 5.8% in Feb 2022. It's worth also noticing, actually, because we had the Fed um, decision, didn't we, on interest mm. rates um, last week? And that has now also gone up by 0.25% to 0.5%. That's the first rise, apparently, since 2018. Yes. And they're saying they're expecting interest rates to be 2.8% by 2023. On the on the kind of American um, side, that's right. that's right. Now, in terms of the economy more broadly, um, the Bank of England or the MPC now saying that GDP will grow by 0.75 percent in Q1 2022, which is actually higher than in the February 22 report, i.e., the last MPC report. Mm-hmm. Which I find a bit odd, but <clears throat> there we go, and. Of course, what you've got to remember is, you know, they talk about the Ukraine war. Bear in mind the other factors that are playing into this situation is the supply chain disruption from the coronavirus measures in China, where they're closing, you know, whole cities and ports. And, of course, what you've got to remember is that a lot of inflation, particularly in in energy and many commodity markets, food and metal commodity markets, it's all denominated in dollars. And uh, sterling is down 1.7% as a a basket um, currency measure since the last MPC report, and by more than that against the US dollar. Mm. So that's another factor that we, we need to we need to remember here. So, as I say, my prevailing feeling is of a of of, of a set of eco- economists sitting in a room saying, "Anybody got any bright ideas about what's going to happen?" And everybody, you know, everybody looking, deciding to check their phones at that moment in time. Because <laughs> I think there's this, you know, especially one of the other, um, and I think the, the Bank of England mentioned this slightly, and the, and the FT have said more on this. Is there's, with the war in in Ukraine, obviously, there's so much uncertainty about what you know if it ends relatively soon then that could have a deflationary impact as you know the supply chain start start working again obviously with sanctions in russia that's a slightly different point but ukraine as we remember is a very big um producer of of raw materials and food but equally if it goes on for a long time you know we're we're into kind of stagflation um territories as as these costs um keep keep getting higher and higher yeah um i I mean it, it is it seems to me impossible to imagine an outcome here which won't produce a, a recession. I just can't see it. <clears throat> uh, I hope to be wrong. Um, the, the other thing I picked up, um, you've got a point about business investment, which we'll come back to, but the other thing that the MPC specifically comment on in some detail is something that um, <clears throat> I know um, keeps you awake at, in the wee small hours, Joe, which is household inflation expectations and the problem that inflation becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. <clears throat> and, and they quote from 
two surveys, one done by the Bank of England with, with Ipsos Mori and the other done by YouGov. And this is household inflation expectations, uh, survey done in uh, this month in March, rising sharply in the YouGov poll, showed um, the highest level of inflation expectation since the survey began in 2005. So I fear it's baked in. Yeah. I think it's, it's um, we have, so that again kind of um, goes to investment confidence. You know, we have all, the, all these things are so interconnected. Um, and, and, you know, that then I think does feed into this um, point about business investments. And there's a kind of glimmer of hope in that household consumption and business investment had risen by about 1% on the quarter um, and you know, government expenditure growing. But, and here's a but, business investment has remained more than 10% below its pre-COVID level. Yeah. And, you know, and we know that that is a productivity increases and all that, that is going to be the thing that drives us um, out of the, the this kind of doldrums of, of mm. kind of stagnant um, on low, very low growth. And if there's no investment being made, then or very little investment being made, that is going to have real, real problems down the line. Yeah. Um, the, <clears throat> the other thing that uh, the MPC talks about is sort of our second topic, and that's unemployment, <clears throat> yeah. because the Labour force survey was out just before the MPC report. Um, <clears throat> and, and it was interesting, um, uh, topical in, in, in the sense, you know, we, we know there are labour shortage issues. And we know there is uh, there is inflation um, in terms of, of, of labour rates. And the CEO of one of the major construction groups was on the Today programme this morning, um, particularly commenting that um, labour rates were an, a serious upward pressure for them in terms of, of, of cost inflation. Now, the, the Labour Force survey, um, good news, uh, unemployment only 3.9% in the three months to January 2022. The HMRC figures for payrolls are rising, extra 375,000 people on payrolls in February 2022. But of course, note of caution, um, those numbers are almost always revised downwards later. But nonetheless, that's a hugely good result. You do wonder where all those extra jobs are coming from. They can't, they can't all be IR35 contractors going, going you on. Think we're, surely we're at the end of that now. That's almost a year ago. Yeah. I know. Um, but of course, uh, you know, coming back to the labour shortage point, vacancies um, are at a new record 1.3 million vacancies for the three months to Feb 2022. That's up from 1.2 million in the three months to January. And of course, the you know, the cost inflation point, average weekly earnings up 4.1% on a year-to-year, year-on-year um, basis, um, which is an issue for um, employees because it's lagging a very long way behind inflation. So disposable incomes are shrinking. Yeah. And of course, you know, so bad for bad for the employees, bad for the employers because it's an upward cost pressure. So it's a constant. It's a spiral. It's a doom loop. um, Mm. This whole thing. So, um, I mean, I think we're all very pleasantly surprised about unemployment. uh, You know, the 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 low levels. um, Absolutely. But uh, you know, nonetheless, we'll see where. Remembering that the MPC thinks that 
that will settle at a higher level down the track, somewhere like 2025. Goodness me, can't forecast a month ahead. No, never mind, never mind three years, but so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Absolutely. And then let's let's turn finally to the um, insolvency figures, yeah. Nick. Interesting. Yes. Insolvency uh, service published its um, the uh, February insolvency numbers um, on the 15th of March. Corporate insolvencies were down versus January, only marginally 3.2%. And as I said to you earlier, when we were chatting, um, January is a sort of funny month for insolvencies um, <clears throat> because some things get delayed from, from December and then there's the... Uh, the killing fields in retail and hospitality, you know, which pushes. So and people have got cash, and you know, it's a good time to good, to, good time, to get to you know, um, uh, lender exposure and creditor exposure is generally lowest. <clears throat> so if you're going to pull something down, you do it in January or February. Um, but nonetheless, down slightly, three point two percent in February. There are up 121% on February 2021, but that's meaningless because it's virtually impossible to go bust in February 2021. But they are 12.6% up on February 2020, which was the last pre-pandemic month. Now, if you look at the the February-January comparison, all types of insolvency, CVLs, compulsory winding ups, were down except administrations. And this is interesting, isn't it? This yes. is a kind of sign, isn't it, that companies are starting to, to really take action and try and try and salvage something. Yes, and, and, and administrations are now at a 15-month high. Again, I'm not quite sure how meaningful that actually really, really is. But but you know, it is fascinating. I'm in the middle of writing a blog. Um, at the moment, uh, suggests uh, the, which is somewhat um, um, naughtily entitled, um, <clears throat> looking looking for the exit. Is it time to polish the family silver or neutralise the nasties? And it's basically saying, look, we've had two years of this. A lot of entrepreneurs um, will be thinking, is it? You know, am I going to go on with this? When equally, I think what that admin figure, insolvency figure, is saying is there's a lot of Companies who are now actually beginning to face up to reality, winding up petitions are back on the <clears throat> on the creditor agenda. The rent um, enforcement uh, ban ends in uh, next week, yeah. next Friday, next Friday, and um, in fact, sorry, this week, this Friday, in fact, this, this Friday, Friday, yeah, Gosh, totally I'm lost, yeah. I'm track. yeah. <laughs> and, and so reality is really beginning to bear down, and I think that's what's behind. Well, that that and the fact every insolvency practitioner in the country is out there saying, "Are you sure your business is still viable? Do you want a health check? Um, can we can we can we advise you?" So, yeah. I think um, I think it, it implies a lot of struggling businesses, which have got rescue prospects, are now getting help. Let's not forget, actually, with the, we're talking about the um, the landlord um, enforcement um, period ending on Friday. Let's remember that actually the, the this um, arbitration period only applies, doesn't it, to to rent that was um, incurred during the lockdown period. So the, the periods that weren't lockdown periods 
I think a, a kind of open season, aren't they? I mean, there there yes. is a, there's ability for the landlords to to enforce that rent. So there's going to be all kinds of complications. You were um, reminiscing about the um, the complexities of of pay, being paid money, and then wh- where do you allocate that against the the kind of list of debts that might be outstanding? Mm. So you can imagine there's all kinds of of complexities uh, about to about to come from next week. But as 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 ever, the you know just as I expect every month's insolvency figures to be to be rabidly interesting. Um, so I suspect March, but I think I think the really interesting ones will be April, May, uh, June, where I think I, I think again I wrote a I wrote another blog recently um, pointing out that um, you know with the return of uh, the possibility of winding up petitions, uh, there really is no place to hide mm. for businesses that can't manage their cash flow. So we'll see. And of course, what will Ukraine do to the the ability of you know many sectors, you know, the, the food processing, agriculture, because Ukraine provides 40% of the world's fertilizers. It's around that order, isn't it? I think yep. it's certainly, you know, certainly so, so you know the implications, um, you know, Ukraine supplies most of the world's supply of neon gas, which is used to produce um semiconductors. So what will that do to all manner of industries and, and so on and so forth? So as as always, we live in interesting times. I think that is the um, that is the thought on which to end our podcast this week, Nick. Um, thanks so much for your um, for your commentary as as ever. Really, really interesting um, look through the through the week. We I think are planning to come back later in the week because of course we've got the the spring statements happening on. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday. I have my day. I think it's it's the twenty third. It's on it's on Wednesday. It's on Wednesday, so twenty third this week. Last week was the was Thursday, um, the, with the MPC. So we'll we'll we will be looking at, at what is going to come out of that, um, and and bringing some more more commentary on the basis of some OBR um, forecasts and the and the chancellor's statement. So. Nick, look forward to talking to you again <laughs> later, later in the week. And to everybody else, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>